Hello and welcome to Counsel from Above, your place to ask questions from a counselor you wish you would answer from God's Word. I am your host, Nathan Honeycutt, licensed professional counselor, minister of the Church of Christ, coming together today to consider the topic of sin. Hey, welcome to the podcast. It's your first time. Welcome to the cast. Hope that you enjoy it and hope that you find the things that you're looking for to help you draw closer to God. Hey, if you want to get connected with me, hey, this is the way to do it. Jump on the Facebook group, Council from Above podcast on the Facebook. Great place to be able to get the latest information, the information that is related to the podcast when the new ones will be posted, and all the good information that is there. We also ask uh, oppor- give you opportunities to ask questions through the Facebook group. And we've got quite a few of our um, questions. Matter of fact, all three of our questions today come from that Facebook group. So we really appreciate all the interaction and all the things that come when you're connected within that. Hey, you can also send it to me at the email address. That's at counselfromabove at gmail.com. That's counselfromabove at gmail.com. Getting a number of questions through it as well, and I'm very thankful for that. Glad that I'm able to get those questions from you and to be able to answer those. Hey, looking forward to opportunities to be able to consider God's Word and study them together and also to consider how to help our mental health, our world, and things around it. Thank you for being part of the program. Hey, today's podcast is directly related to the topic of sin. There was an anonymous question that was posted on the Facebook group. And that's really sparked some interest. I've got a ton of questions on that Facebook group about the topic of sin. And I have got a bunch of them to the point that today's topic is going to be part one of two related to the topic of sin. Today's topic is going to be looking at three different questions related to the topic of sin from three different individuals. And then our next podcast is going to be one person who really load loaded some questions. Thank you, Julie Bond. That is going to be the center of our second podcast. So yes, this is episode number one or part number one of our episode on sin. I hope that you enjoy our time together as we study God's word. Hey, our first question comes from Julie Bond on the Facebook group. She says, what is sin? And at what point does temptation become sin? You know, Julie, as we think about the topic of sin, sin itself by definition is to miss the mark. Originally, it was intended to be the idea that a particular spot is where we are trying to hit or we're trying to aim or we're trying to locate And as we go for it, we miss the mark. We go against or away or we do not hit the spot that was intended. And thus we have this idea of sin is missing the mark. The mark is what God has presented to us. He's perfect. He's always right. And he's able to delineate much better than ourselves what is truly right and what is wrong. And so sin is when we miss the information provided to God of what is right and when we act upon or do the things that are wrong. And so if we were going to define sin, we define it as missing the mark. But your next question is an interesting question because it says, at what point does temptation become sin? And, and this is kind of a reference to James chapter 1, beginning with verse number 12. James chapter 1, 
beginning with verse 12. In the English Standard Version, it says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who loved him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. As James indicates, is that the testing of our faith, the, the trials that we go through, is something that all Christians go through, all individuals go through, period. And it's those types of items, that temptation to do wrong, is something that God has nothing to do with. God is never going to tempt us to do something wrong because then he wouldn't be God. He wouldn't be all good if he's trying to get you to do the wrong thing. But then in verse 14, it says, Each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desires. Now, if I look at the question that has been asked by Julie, the question is, at what point does temptation become sin? Here's the thing to remember. When I am tempted, I am not sinning. If I am the one being tempted by something or someone else, I am not the one that's done something wrong. The person who's doing the tempting has. So temptation itself isn't wrong if I'm receiving the temptation. Sin comes into play. You'll notice when it says, when it is conceived, temptation, then the desires are conceived, gives birth to sin. Sin, when it's fully grown, brings forth death. To be tempted to fulfill a desire outside of God's direction and control is not sin. It's what I do when I am tempted that then determines whether it's right or wrong, sin or righteousness. And so thus, being tempted, me being tempted, is not a sin for me. It's when I allow that temptation to be a part of my world that I then fulfill, complete, allow, and thus make a choice, make a lifestyle decision, make an action that misses the mark, that goes against what God wants from our world. I am tempted. You are tempted. We are all tempted. We have the great tempter who's walking around like a roaring lion seeking to whom he may devour. He is constantly interested in finding people to be able to push their buttons, to ultimately draw them away, and to bring them into a world that goes against God's law. The end of verse 15 of James chapter 1 says, When sin is fully grown, it brings forth death. Sin in my life that isn't taken care of through the blood of Christ, when we pass from this life, will be then held to our account 
and we will then have to undergo the punishment that is deserving of missing the mark. So, when does sin, when does temptation turn into sin? It's when we do the things, fulfill the actions that violate God's law, and we do it by fulfilling or falling to pray to a temptation that was provided. So we have to know that sin is missing the mark, going against God's word, God's law, what's right and wrong. We also have to know being tempted is not the sin. It's choosing to fulfill the desire or to fulfill the desire outside of what God has allowed that then, if not taken care of through the blood of Christ, the obedience to God's will ultimately brings forth eternal condemnation or death. And so we have to understand what God wants us to do. We have to understand that being tempted is not the problem. It's how we manage it. And because we've sinned, we have fallen short of the glory of God. And thus the wages of sin is death, Romans 6, 20, 23. And we have to be able to deal with that through the blood of Christ, through the connections with God, so that we can keep from having our souls eternally punished for missing the mark. Julie, thank you for your question. This fits right alongside with and actually came from an anonymous question that was provided to us on the Facebook group. And and this person asked to be anonymous. They have was able to post on the Facebook group anonymous, which I appreciate very much. And so this whole kind of series, these two podcasts are directly related to this one question. So I really appreciate the person that brought this question about because it's brought about a lot of interest. The question is, is how do you stop or get rid of the temptation to sin? outstanding question. We go back all the way to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3, we have two individuals that have one simple command to follow. Don't eat from that tree. Don't touch it. Don't get near it. Have nothing to do with that tree. That's the simple command. That's that's it. Now, we, we think of our world and all the things that we can and can't do is a, is a huge list. They had one item. I mean, one thing. Don't do this. That's, that's it. That one. And because there was a do this or don't, because there was a choice, there was a temptation. Because there was an option, there was a temptation. Satan put words to it. Satan put statements to it. Satan put lies to it. But ultimately, there was a command and there was temptation to go against that command. How do you stop or get rid of the temptation to sin? The unfortunate answer is you can't. Welcome to humanity. God gave us free will. He gave us free choice. He allows you and I to make a decision 
and to choose the direction we want to go. With that comes the temptation to do the wrong thing. I have the choice. I can choose the direction I want to go. Because of that, there is a temptation to do the wrong thing. There's a temptation to miss the mark, to sin. Now, I'm mindful of what Paul wrote in Romans chapter 7, beginning with verse number 14. In Romans chapter 7, beginning with verse 14, this is out of the International English Bible. It says, we know that the law is spiritual, but I am not. Paul writes, I am human, sold under sin. I don't understand what is happening to me. I don't always do what I really want to do. Instead, I am always doing what I actually hate. Since I am doing what I don't want to do, I am agreeing with the law that the law is right. But now, I am not the one who is doing this anymore. No, it is the sin which is living in me. I know that good does not live in me. I mean in my human nature. I am really ready and willing to do good, but I can't do it. I'm not doing the good that I actually want to do. Instead, I continue doing something evil that I really don't want to do. Since I am doing what I really don't want to do, it is not me doing it anymore. It is the sin which is living in me that is doing it. You know, you think about Paul's statement here, and Paul is just kind of laying it out on the line. Paul says, I want to do the right thing, but yet because of what our nature is, what our inner being is, because of what is within us, we don't. We, we don't do the right thing. He Matter of fact, he says, I do what I don't want to do. I do what I hate. Paul, above all, never wanted to sin. He never wanted to do the wrong thing. But yet he was tempted. Yet he was tried. Yet he was tested. Yet he had to endure. If anybody could have got out of being tempted, it would have been someone like a Paul, an apostle. Shoot, Jesus even. But the reality was is that Jesus was tempted just as we are, yet without sin. You, we can't get rid of it. We can't stop it. We can't find some way to hide from sin and the temptation therein. It can't happen. We all are going to find within our worlds temptation to sin and the violation of God's law. It happens. It's going to happen. It will continue to happen. Because God gave us free will and choice. As long as we have a choice, we will choose the wrong thing at times. Now, we have to work on and address the fact that it's there and that we have to prepare ourselves to manage it and to do the right things. Yes, it's hard. Yes, it's a challenge. Yes, it's done because I'm focusing my brain and my mind on doing the right thing. But the reality is, is we can't get rid of it. We can't stop the temptation to sin. It is there. We have to just manage it. And our management is about finding what God wants us to do and how to live. Which, matter of fact, leads us to question number three. This one provided by Katie Penn on the Facebook group. She says, what does it mean to put sin to death and what would an action plan look like? 
Well, putting sin to death is about setting aside our focus and our desire to live by missing the mark. It's one thing to sin. It's another thing to live a lifestyle of sin. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23. We all know what that says. We all know that all of us, every last one of us, sin and fail. We understand that and get that. But putting sin to death is about recognizing a lifestyle of sin and putting a lifestyle aside to live as righteous as we can. We will fail. We will make mistakes. Absolutely. But there's difference between I'm making a mistake and I'm living a mistake. I'm living in a way that I know is wrong and I don't care. If I live in such a way without repentance, then there's no forgiveness of sins. If Unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Luke chapter 13, verses 1 and 3, 1 through 3. If you, if you and I don't repent, change the way that we think, regret the choices that we've made, wish we would have made a different decision, then we're not going to find the forgiveness of sin because we're not sorry that we did it. So thus, to put sin to death is to set aside a lifestyle that goes against God's law. Set aside a lifestyle that doesn't promote righteousness and the things that God wants in our world. Now, the next question she asks is, what would an action plan look like? What is an action plan? Action plan is this is how I manage the situation. This is what I'm going to do because this is the case. Well, you know what? God already gave us one. It's located in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 15. Long reading, but I think it's worth your time. Colossians chapter 3, beginning with verse number 1. We're going to read through verse 15. This is the English Standard Version. Colossians 3, 1 through 15. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has complaint against another, forgive each other, 
as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. You hear what he's saying? How do you manage? What's the action plan that Paul presents? Action plan number one, set your mind on things above. Set your heart, set your mind solely upon what is it that God wants? What is it that God has intended for you? What is it that God wants to see in your world? Set your mind on things above. Number two, put to death the things of this world. The things that violate God's law, the things that are sin, that miss the mark. Put aside those particular things and let them go. So much so that you put them all away. Set them aside and do not allow them near to who you are and to what you are. Because as we do that, we then put on and we choose to live a separate, holy, beloved, cared by God life. That life is governed by, driven by, centered upon compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another, forgiving one another, putting on love above all. If you think about what is the best action plan to manage sin, set your mind on things above, Set aside the things of this world and let your life be driven by your love for God and for his people. What was asked of Jesus? Well, God, Jesus, what's the greatest command? What was his answer? Love the Lord thy God with all of thy heart, all thy soul, all their mind, and all their strength. And he didn't stop there. He says the second is likened unto that. Love thy neighbor as thyself. If you and I want to better manage our temptations to sin, the world of sin, the things that Satan puts before us, the way to do that is exactly what Paul has written. Set your mind on things above. Set aside the things of this world because they're not worth it. And solely devote yourself to the positive things of this life driven by the love for God and for his people. And the more that you and I do that, when you and I set those things aside, when you and I live that lifestyle, we will find ourselves pleasing to God. We will find ourselves sinning less. We will find ourselves having less temptation because we are devoting our mind and our hearts to him. Will we sin? Yes, without a doubt. You've heard me talk about on this podcast, 1 John chapter 1 and verse 7. If you walk in the light as he in the light, you have the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses you all with all unrighteousness, and you have fellowship one with another. The reality is that I can walk in the light, live with love, with passion, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, forgiveness, but I still need the blood of Christ because I can't do it perfect. We have our best action plan found through God's word. Set our mind on above things that are above. Set aside the things of this earth and let our lives be driven by above all things, the love, love for God and love for those around us.
Well, that's part one. What do you think? Hopefully it was worth your time. As we continue next time, we're going to be continuing our look at the idea and the thoughts of sin. Man, I've got a bunch of questions still to come, and we're going to rapid fire blow through a bunch of them as we consider God's word and what God says about how do we manage our sin. Because truly, if you think about it, when you and I sin, it really causes a wrecks a havoc on our conscience. It wrecks havoc on our feeling of value. It really ha- really wreaks havoc of ourselves, and thus it becomes a mental health concern. Because we have a hard time forgiving ourselves, which we'll talk about next time. We have a hard time dealing with the aftermath of what we've done, uh, which we'll mention next time. So I hope that you appreciate the thoughts that are here. And stick with us as next time we talk about these same topics and think about these things. Remember, our podcast is located every Saturday on your favorite podcast area, whatever that might be whatever you may be listening to us on, the second and the fourth Saturday of every month. So be sure and take a look at what we're presenting because I hope that all of us gather God's information, live the way God wants, and ultimately live and drive each and every day of our life by listening to His counsel from above.